Hey, what's going on, Badger fans? Sound the recruiting cannons times two. Let's go. We got recruits to talk about, plus a big picture look at the at the recruiting class uh, and where we're going from here, where we're at, how high we could finish, all that, plus your comments on Wisconsin, and let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. I am your host, Ryan Herrings, your host every day, your team every day, this show every day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, I wasn't going to go live with this, and then let me pull Justin up as well. Justin's jumping in this show. I wasn't going to go live, and then I got a comment from Shell over in the Discord. I'm getting thirsty for a live show, damn it, at Ryan and Bucky, at Juan Harris Commits, who's, who's okay. Justin. If anyone knows that reference, you're a Badger psycho like us. And I believe with Rajiv. So, Shell, listen, we're going live because of you, my friend, because I wasn't going to do this. But what the Discord says, we do. So, Justin, welcome to a live show. And look at Ryan live from his outhouse up at the cabin where he put the Badger paraphernalia in there with him and set up his podcast station. Yeah, the cabin. <laughs> listen, I, I am a versatile podcaster. Okay, I... <laughs> Y'all don't even know. Well, let us know if you need a courtesy flush in there. Y'all don't even know where some of these (laughs) shows come from. Um, But first, let's let's sound those cannons because we got things to talk about and exciting stuff to chop up. Fire the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. And Logan Couch says the recruiting cannons go boom. Bad (laughs) warm mouth. What's up, my friend? Says hello, Ryan on Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Guy says get those cannons firing in their shell. Let's go. <laughs> We're here for you, my friend. You know, as, as you requested, we are here. Um, I want to start here. So we didn't do a show yesterday um, or for really. Yeah, we didn't do a show yesterday uh, talking about the newest commits. So we have two commits we want to talk about today. Colin Coverly, the offensive lineman. <laughs> but we're going to start with Raphael Dunn, the 6'4", 200-pound safety outside linebacker weapon. <clears throat> we'll just call him a defensive weapon. He out is of the dollar. The dollar, dollar recruit. Dollar. Uh, offers from Vandy, UVA. I love I love the academic offers, by the way. I've always liked that. That shows character. That shows IQ. Illinois, Kentucky, uh, Michigan State. You remember when Michigan State was a valued defensive back offer? <laughs> that was a while ago, right? The no-fly zone, all that. Yeah. yeah um, so this Listen, we all have a type, right, Justin? I mean, you have a type. I have a type. Uh, Trestle and Fickle have a type. Six three, six two, six four, done six four. I, I love the versatility here. Like I he could play all over the field. And they're getting bigger, longer athletes to play in space. And that's exactly what Dunn is. I like this pickup a lot. I do too. Uh, I, I believe my exact way of phrasing him to you was it's like watching McAvoy if McAvoy actually liked to hit back when Tanner McAvoy played for Wisconsin the guy can really run like you watch his film. He looks like a safety on the field. He does not look like a linebacker out in coverage. The, the big thing is you look at him. We have, here's where Wisconsin has changed over the last 10 years. The guys that we have in our safety room right now, they're, they're, they're twitchier and more and and faster than what Dunn is. But a guy like Dunn being used as a hybrid on the field is an absolute problem to game plan against because he's going to be really tough to deal with if you're going to put him on a a tight end or bring him downhill coming into the box because he's going to be more fluid of an athlete than most of the the guys who are pass rushers. And he's going to be coming with a head of steam. 
And now you have a guy who can really run and a guy who can also get drop back in the coverage and cause problems for you on any given play. And you look at it and you're like, what are we going to do with this guy? We have no clue what he's going to be doing out there on the field. We have Wooler as a guy that they're kind of putting there now. The thing I like about, and I love Wooler as a hitter, but the thing I like about Dunn is this is a guy you can bulk up to potentially 225 and probably keep the speed. And that's a big dude coming downhill. Mm-hmm. Shell says Isaiah Simmons 2.0. He is that type of frame. Yeah. Like he does. Now, I mean, that's whole... a four. Simmons was a four three guy. Yeah. I, I would say that we're probably looking at a guy who's running the four sixes. Yeah. But that's Simmons still plenty of was speed. a different, different type of beast. Um, but he has that type of frame. Like, and it's not a lot of guys you look at when you watch film, especially at the high school level, where he listen, most most heights and weights are are inflated or they're not super accurate. You can just watch film of him and, and you can tell like his frame is 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 legit. Like that yeah. is a big, big athlete, mm-hmm. you know. And the type of guy, like if you if we were recruiting him at receiver or at athlete, you could say, okay, like I kind of like that too. Like run verticals with him with his size and some speed. I think he fits on defense. My point is though, he's just a big athlete. Yes. And this is where if you trust the coaching staff. Because there's there's a danger when you recruit players like this that they can also be a bit of a tweener. They can't quite be athletic enough for safety or big enough for linebacker, and they they kind of get lost in the wash. You remember Arrington Farrar, different frame, yep. different player, but a guy who just he would have fit this role to a T. Yeah, like you can't find a home for him. But I trust this coaching staff to find the home for the tweeners, and instead of a tweener, you have somebody who's versatile. That's the difference that I think this coaching staff will exploit. Yeah, and by the way, that's that's one of the things I love about this staff. And that if they have an athlete that they feel like can provide them value, they'll find a way to use that guy. They won't just be like, well, he's he's a square peg round hole. We're, we're just going to keep shifting him around to different positions. They're creating a position for him. That's effectively what the dollar position is. It's we have a guy who is a plus athlete at that position who's probably not quite a perfect fit for safety. He's not quite a perfect fit for a linebacker. But if you use him a little to do a little bit of both of those things, he can be a very, very good piece of the game plan mm-hmm. that you have out there in defense. On defense, well, and look at this this class too. Heiberger is a really versatile guy, mm-hmm. right? Amari Snowden from last year's class, a really versatile guy. Mm-hmm. Um, JT Taylor not as big, but could play cornerback or safety. Like they're just bringing in a ton of versatile defenders. Mm-hmm. And one of the things when we had John Garcia Jr. on a while back, and uh, people who list watches for a while know how sharp he was. He said, you need to get these longer guys so that you can get in space with them. Those arms, those, those frames, can all the quick hitting And stuff the closing like, speed, yeah. It, it helps gunk up the quick stuff that Ohio State does when you can get mm-hmm. those six four, six five guys that can run in space, right? Those quick mm-hmm. screens, those quick – all that stuff that gives has always given us so much issue. You solve that by getting big athletes who can run and tackle in space, and that's exactly what – if it works, that's exactly what Dunn is. <clears throat> mm-hmm. No, I agree 100%. And I actually really like this pickup. I feel like mm-hmm. he may not have the rating that people are going to want to see from this type of recruit because I think he is a little bit of a tweener the way the recruiting services are going to look at him. But I think that his potential down the road is a four-star type value to Wisconsin in their defensive scheme. So he's a guy, and he, and he's a fairly high, highly rated guy. I believe he's an 87 composite. So he's not like he's, this guy is a slouch of a, a recruit. I just think that he projects better for Wisconsin based off how they want to use him than what mm-hmm. he's probably going to be given credit for from the recruiting services because they're going to try to define him a little bit more than Wisconsin's going to. Yeah, I think that's well said. Zach Bart says, a Dunn that's tall and athletic? How the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What is this? 
Shots oh, fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Not completely wrong, though. Um, Andrew Mouth says uh, he is a good tackler. Yeah, he's physical in space. He really yep. is. I, he's not super twitchy, which is probably where the difference between him and Isaiah, a guy like Isaiah Simmons, yeah. who was what the ninth pick in the NFL draft. That's probably where that difference is. But he is really solid in space as a tackler. He has really good hips for a guy who's six four. Mm-hmm. He, he turns and moves with people really well in coverage. What about DeAndre? Or not uh, DeAndre Levy? Sorry, Jonathan Casillas. You, could he become a linebacker well, like that? Casillas was a legit four three guy. I mean, he was an undersized three guy. He, I believe he ran a four three at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you can try to look it up. I'm pretty sure yeah, he did. There's no way he was running and a four yes, three. He was a two hundred and five pound linebacker. Jonathan Casillas was not running a four three. That would be like I'm running. Sure, that's what they said that he was. I know. No, listen. This was, we're talking back in the recruiting days. I'm pretty sure that it was hand time, but I bet you he was probably in the. The mid four fours. He mm. was a fast linebacker. He was a fast linebacker. I I would listen. Okay. Let, let's we have we literally have had Wisconsin guys before that have run in the four fours. He was he was running a four three if he had a win pack or something stretched to it there. <laughs> like that. You need anyway. But yeah, they, they put the umbrella on behind him, man. They had to slow him down. No, no, no. That is not a four three dude. Someone in the chat tell us what was Jonathan? Tell us both. Tell us who was right here. What was Jonathan to see us running? But either way, my point was more. That was another rangy, long type of linebacker. Yeah. I could see he was undersized, though. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yep. He kind of fits what you're looking at in this. It's four five. That that's feels- that's where the hand time comes in. He was not a four <laughs> three guy, though. <laughs> no, that I remember hearing them say that he ran in that time frame. Now that doesn't mean that it was a legit time. I'm just saying that that's where they put him, and he was probably one of the faster linebackers that we've ever had, which is accurate at this point. Yeah. If you think of the guys that have come on the draft, even recently, he was very athletic. I mean, him and Deandre Levy, well, it was a great combination of linebacker going in the way back machine. Uh, Dragon, other than like one Ohio state linebacker, Ryan Shazier, there really hasn't been a difference in speed at the linebacker position. That's probably true. Listen, Bo Dragon, it said uh, Casillas was fast for Wisconsin, not for Ohio state. Uh, Zach Bart says he ran a four or five at the combine. Listen, that's blazing as a linebacker. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. Come back with a bunch of your comments. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the other prospect that committed to the Badgers, Colin Coverly. Just sounds like an offensive lineman. Um, <laughs> can't wait to talk about that. See what Justin is uh, add on him. And then we're going to talk a little big picture. Are the Badgers actually recruiting better? You know, what's is it good to fill up early? We have some stuff we're going to chop up. Plus, get to your comments. All that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. And with the NBA playoffs going on right now, it is a great time to make a fast break over to FanDuel. Get your no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't hit. I love FanDuel because it's safe, secure, easy to use, get paid instantly. No more messing around with the phone tag when you win your parlay, trying to get through to some overseas thing that you can't get your money and it's just uh, painful. It's not worth it. With FanDuel, on the rare occasions that I do win, which is not often anymore because I'm in on the Niners, I'm in on Suns, maybe the Braves will, will do it for me this year. But on the rare occasions where I do hit, FanDuel instant payouts, easy to use, safe, secure app, plus get your $2,500 uh, no sweat first bet back. Go over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get your no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. I want to say thank you again for everybody tuning into the show. 
Uh, really do appreciate y'all more than you know. Thank you for letting us be a small part of your day. We have 118 people right now watching live, which is incredible because we decided to go live like three minutes before the show because Shell Chell wanted it. So uh, that's all for him. And just thank you so much. Uh, Justin, we're not going to fire the cannons again. We already fired him once on the show, but Colin Coverly also committed 6'6", 300-pound offensive lineman. Tackle, guard? I'm not really sure when I watch the film, to be honest. Uh, where are you at on Coverly? I think he's a guard. I watch the way he moves and the way he drops his his feet. I think that he's, I think he fits the interior a lot better. He's a guy who there's going to be some technique work to do with him. But I think from a physical tool standpoint, you have a guy who's big and strong. Tends to, he reaches a little bit in his film to to finish guys with the upper body. But I think he's going to be a productive player, and I do like him as an interior guy. I think he fits that spot well. I think he he finishes blocks really well, and if you watch his film. Um, and he moves pretty well. Like he's not a guy that, that moves like a super athletic tackle. He, he's one of those guys that you look at and you're like, this is a guy that I could see really being a road grader on the interior as a, as a run blocking guard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a guy I think will do pretty solid in his past sets and in interior. Um, but I, I think that that's likely where they're considering him. Um, and I think that that's a win. Like we have not had a ton of these guys that we look at that day one are this guy is a a guard for us. We typically in the past five years had okay, let's get a six seven six eight guy. So we have five tackles we took in our class, and now we're gonna kind of figure out where to put guys. It's like, well, not yeah. everyone's built to do every position on the offensive line, and most of them have been playing tackles since junior high. So, you know, it, let's get them in a, you know, switching them into the interior isn't necessarily, it's a lock that they're going to work there. I think you look at his film and I think that he, the way he blocks just fits really well with the interior. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I was going. You don't see the super quick feet or or the the kind of elite length or reach of a tackle necessarily, but mm-hmm. but he's also 6'6". Like, it's not out of the question. It's, it's a bit of a spot where you could yeah. see it probably going either way. I do like, to your point, I talked about this when I had John McNamara on the show. Like, I, That's one of the reasons I love the Duran pickup in last year's cycle. Like, You knew he was an interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons I like Corey in this cycle. You know he's an interior offensive lineman. Like, right. not, There's not a lot of 6'7 six, and 6'8 six, offensive guards in the NFL, and there's a reason for that. Right. By the way, Durand coming in to Wisconsin, he just moved in this last, last week. Talk about coming in with a power move with that mustache. Good yeah. lord, man! I like that. It. That is a thing of beauty coming in as a true freshman. <laughs> you got to be sure of yourself, right, yeah. to to pull that off. I like him though, man. Um, not too. not to turn this into last year's recruiting class. I I like Durand a lot on the inside. Mm-hmm. I, um, the other thing with Coverly that I really liked, by the way, to go back to Coverly. By the way, uh, Mason Sinsala says as soon as I saw the name Colin Coverly and that he was an offensive line, I knew he was a Wisconsin lock. <laughs> uh, Jake and Ayanara, who um, Jake and I have talked a little on the side. I. I keep wanting to reach back out jake i need to get you on the show i really want to uh he's when when fickle came to wisconsin we didn't just land a bunch of transfers and recruits we also landed a high impact transfer fan uh that's jake ionaro uh, who has a very interesting past and i would love to get him on the show to talk about his connection to luke fickle and why he's so optimistic luke fickle is the coach that uh we hope he is but uh so jake thank you for tuning in uh colin Cumberly, the other thing that was i really liked on his film you mentioned finishing the blocks. There is a happiness <laughs> that is a requisite mm-hmm. for all great linemen, right? Like, and you can see it even at the high school level, like technique mm-hmm. needs work. And by the way, I'm done for the most part saying 
a high school lineman, he needs to work on his technique. Every high school yeah, lineman, they all do his technique. Every single one of them. I'm done saying that. Um, but when he throws people around, lays on the ground, finishes blocks 15 yards up the field, mm. hits one player, then swivels to find another and puts him on his butt. Uh, there's a physicality and a nastiness to his game that, to your point, translates really well as a road grader, someone who can be really physical at the point of attack. So mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's a really good pickup. I actually like this this offensive line class overall. Uh, we have one more guy coming in, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, Mandel from Minnesota. Who is him and is it Ryan O'Connell? O'Connell is from the Tennessee kid. And we're yeah, yeah. coming in as well as an offensive tackle, I think. Yeah. Yep. Him, those two are the only two that they're considering for the fifth to take a fifth offensive line. Well, that we know of. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, at this point in time, those are the two that are being most likely that they would make an exception for. Um, so I I think that this is a really interesting class. I think it's balanced. I like seeing that we have guys that are kind of set into preset areas. Like, listen, you can cross train guys and they don't have to be doing the entire offensive line. Like you can do the three interior slots and make it much easier on these guys than, than having them learn how to be a tackle and a guard. Like those are two completely different things from a footwork standpoint. Yeah, no, I agree. And one of the things we talked about, Justin, when, they, they they shifted from Donovan Harbor and Corey Smith, right? They lost. Um, they weren't in Nathan Roy's top three. They they probably missed on Sexton. That's that was a whole discussion. Mm-hmm. But as long as you go out and you get other dudes, yeah, at least like value, yeah, then, it doesn't matter. Then it's not necessarily. Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, right? Because you obviously prioritize Roy. Above it, it, yeah, guy. I mean, it, it, yes, it depends, and it also depends on if you're alienating potential, mm-hmm. you know, so, connections yeah. in state. So I would say it's not that it doesn't matter, but if you're able to pivot and find talent that is yeah. almost equal or equal to those spots, then it's not that big a deal. And that shows actually a bit of a skill going on to a mm-hmm. second target where what do we talk about with Greg Gard for the longest time when he wouldn't yeah. get his top guy? There wasn't a, a yeah. good enough plan B or plan yep. A minus. Exactly. I, I wouldn't even call these guys plan B, but plan A minus. And yeah. this step has shown the ability to do that, which I think is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Let's get some comments here. Um, let's see. Bo Dragon continuing saying AJ Hawk ran a four or five going back to your no Ohio State what, linebacker. What, so that <laughs> was was he hitting somebody from the opposing team or just running into a teammate? Because I watched him play for the Packers for a really long time. He not was not that great. <laughs> uh, Badger says Le- uh, DeAndre Levy was a beast. Absolutely. Logan Couch says Levy ran a four four seven at the combine, played with the Lions for a while, right? Like he was. He was a, those those were great Badger linebackers. They were. That's probably the most athletic linebacker group we've ever had. Ooh, we got to pause there. That's a whole show. Considering just consider the linebackers we've had in the last ten years. Who was who on? There's one more guy, uh, Hodge. So it was Hodge, Elijah Levy, Hodge. and and uh, yeah, and, we've had. And some. Hodge was Hodge was the the limited athlete out of that group. I would say I would say that's probably I don't know. That could be a whole show. Let's not diverge onto that one. Two guys that ran a four or five, Ryan, or we, less. Listen, we've had two you, guys that ran a four or we, five or less on the same linebacker group. I, we had what? What was the two years ago? Chanel, um, Sanborn. Who was the outside linebacker with them? Um, was it Herbig on that group? I'm just saying, like, there's been some groups, man. Before we start throwing out most athletic linebacker group we've ever had. Let's, but that could be a whole show. I don't want to get too far off of this. Uh, Logan Couch says maybe Met Tower has to be happy. He's going to be well protected. Greg Lincecum. This is a good one. The big question is, are we getting the recruits we want? <sighs> I would have to say at this point in time, 
for the most part, I think they're getting guys that they view as top of their board. Um, do I think that they're number one A of the guys that they, they sent out offers to? No, but I think that you look around the nation and say that probably 90% of teams are not getting their num- their A-plus number one guy at every position because, let's be honest, there's about five teams in the country that choose exactly who they want, and even they fight over guys. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to get your your A-plus number one guy on that on the board. Do we probably have a couple of those guys? I think we probably have a couple that we looked at and we're like, this is a guy that we are pri- prioritizing from the start, like the tight ends. I bet yeah. you those two tight ends were their, their A-plus number one guys that they wanted when they came in. There's a lot of smoke that Kyan Barry Johnson is that guy receiver. Yeah. Too. Yep. That's another one. And and you watch some of the crazy things the kid has done, like his footage of him making one handed catches and stuff like that. His body control and ability to track the ball is really impressive stuff. Listen, I've said this too, and I don't, I don't want to mean to beat the dead horse, but I think he bears repeating and Greg, thank you for the, for jumping in front of the show. I really do appreciate you. They're not taking anybody right now. They don't really believe in. Though, yeah, you know, yep. if, if you're getting into December and January and you're filling out a class, maybe that's where they're making. But everybody they're taking in June, this at least maybe not fans, maybe not <laughs> you're maybe not getting the guys the fans really want, but you're getting guys that the coaching staff absolutely unequivocally believes in at this point, because otherwise they're not taking them at this point in the summer. Watching what we're seeing from most of these recruits, and I watch the film on pretty much everybody that's committed. These are not guys that are high floor, low ceiling guys. There's a lot of guys here that there's boom bust potential. So there's guys they may miss on out of this group, but there's guys that if these guys hit, you're talking about guys that are first three rounds of the NFL draft. Like these are that type of athlete that if everything clicks and the technique comes together with the type of length and athleticism that a lot of them have, these are guys that are going to be a problem. Yeah. No, I, I think they're recruiting to a different type of athlete for sure yes. I, I i think that's pretty obvious especially especially in certain spots uh in uh, defensively for sure but mm-hmm. receiver as well um we're gonna take a quick actually you know offensive line as well yeah all over the map really they're mm-hmm. recruiting a different type of size and, and versatility for better or worse we'll see yeah. um we're gonna take a quick break friends of the show come back we're gonna talk big picture recruiting stuff with justin take more of your comments is it a good thing to fill up early um it's interesting this recruiting class is getting pretty full we're gonna talk about that coming up next on <laughs> But first, a quick break for our friends of the show and a quick second to say thank you to everybody tuning in. Really do appreciate all y'all as the show and this community continues to build. And that's what it's all about, just building a Badgers community that we can chop it up together. Um, so really do appreciate everybody. Come join us on the Discord. A lot of good stuff over there where we, you know, we celebrate each other's wins. It's sports cards, music. What are we drinking? What are we eating? Plus, we talk about Jack Dunn a little bit in there. That that topic just came back up. So come join us in the Discord. Continue chopping it up. Let's get uh, Justin back on the show. Um, Justin, were you involved in the Jack Dunn conversation on the Discord? I tried to avoid it. Yeah. I've, I've said my piece enough on that. I think you and yeah. I have been involved in enough Jack Dunn conversations to uh, to fill our, our lifetime already. And, at again, this point. like I, sh- I should very point out, like, Jack Dunn gave his basically his yeah. heart and everything he had to the program. So it, I, I will never slight the kid for the effort was, and and work he put in for Wisconsin. It was just frustrating at times. Yes. I think we can put Len there. Um, Bo Dragon says, based on my sample size of six passes in spring, I'm anointing Locke as the next Tom Brady. I think that's fair. <laughs> fair. Let's go.
Um, Kate Barry says, Cubby on Wisconsin. What's up, Kate? Thanks for jumping in the show. Unculture Barbarian, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> I like AJ Hawk, Justin. Bite he was not dog. the what was he the number three pick in the draft that year? Oh, he I was not remember. a number three pick in the draft. Did he go he that high? high? I think he was that high. Wow, I don't remember that. Um, Badger and Bormouth says one thing is how many of these guys was Wisconsin the best offer? That's a great question. Um, I would there's, have to look. There's, there's, there's a lot of them that are not. I can tell you the the cornerback room. They are definitely not the best offer. And in fact, well, there's going to be a couple of commits coming up here that uh, that are going to have very impressive offer lists. Well, and very impressive. If you look at the offensive linemen, right? Um, certainly, Haywood had a Penn State offer. Yep. Um, Cumberly had a Texas offer, West Virginia offer, at least reported. So I would have to look. Haywood had Oklahoma too, didn't he? Or something. Haywood had several yeah. blue chip yeah. offers. Um, Kyanberry Johnson. I don't, I think we, he didn't have a lot. Yeah. He, he was, he was followed early from Mm -hmm. Cincinnati though. So that was a, that was one where they, they really were in on him early. I think, yeah. So I'd have to look, it's probably half and half ish. If I had to really guess, um, that's a great question though. Yeah. There's a couple of pieces in there where they clearly saw potential with certain guys that they, they just went after, but there's a lot of big offers for some of these commits and especially guys that will be hitting in the next few years. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, I, there's right, not very few many, weeks, I should say. There's not many. Did you say years? Yeah. <laughs> Being super patient. That's not like yeah. jumping. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Culture Barbarian also said, I'm glad I found this place. I love the community. Thank you, my friend. You've been a part of this from almost the beginning, <laughs> I think. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Badger Pat One says, it's amazing how fast they've added offensive linemen. Let's keep the defensive line candidates coming. Justin, uh, this is the spot where going into this recruiting cycle, we talked about how badly you needed to beef up the lines, offensive line and defensive line. Are you getting worried at all about maybe the pace of of commitments along the defensive line? There's been some – they brought in some high-chip players here, though. So let's be clear here. Yes and no. Um, There's a few guys that I think are going to pop here in the next couple weeks that I think Wisconsin may, may get a couple of nice commits. Um, and I think there's guys that listen for better or worse, the type of commits we're going to see out of this class are very different than what we've seen the last 10 or probably close to almost 10 years from the defensive line. Um, when we started doing the, the switch to the three, four, it, it really changed under Gary Anderson and has kind of stuck that way. This team or the, this set of coaches has a very different view of how to run a three-four or a multiple offensive or defensive line. Um, there's a lot more twitch with some of these guys. If you look at Dominic Kirks, you look at Joe Barna, you look at Nichols, Nichols Uma, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Ume, and Ume yeah. has has some just bull rush man muscle on him too. That guy can throw people around. David um, Stone, who they're not going to get by the way, but Liam Andrews, yeah. There's, there's, these are, these are a plus defensive line guys. And I, I really like, like if we end up getting say Kirkson and, and Barna, those are, those guys are going to add something to that room that is definitely not there right now. Even if they may not be the four-star guys and, and Kirks is honestly pretty close. Both of those guys would be big gets for our defensive line group. They add a level of twitch and pass rush ability that we do not have there right now. And I say that from the standpoint of like, we're talking guys who could be a legitimate high level pass rush guys in a couple of years. 
Yeah. And it's, it's a spot to your point that the previous staff just couldn't quite figure out, mm-hmm. like they couldn't figure out how to do that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it morphs though. Right. Because the previous staff did an incredible job of finding and moving yeah. outside linebackers. And can this staff replicate that? I'm not sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting to, to, to just track it. It's a different defense. It's going to be a different scheme, a different philosophy, mm-hmm. a different recruiting philosophy. And no matter what happens, Justin, I think the defense is going to statistically be worse. Like competition is going to be better. We're going to be playing in a more high tempo yeah. teams. Like we're, the offense is going to be scoring more, which is going to put the defense on the field a little bit more. I don't yeah. know. I'm interested. I think the question will be, can be the more dominant and disruptive when they want to crank things up and, and cause problems. Can they do that when they need to and want to? And I think that with the level of athletes that they're potentially bringing in, I think they'll be able to do that. Now, when you bring aggression to a defense, it can go one of two ways. And we saw this when we go back and talk about guys like, uh, especially with Aranda. He was one of those that was for better or worse. He was coming at you and he wanted you to prove that you could burn it. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of games in his history where he got burned, where teams just made plays on him. But that's, that's kind of what I think we're going to be looking at a little bit more with this defense is it's going to be very boom bust, but I think it's going to be more boom than bust by far. It's just, they're, they're going to really have games where they go out there and look like a wrecking crew and if things aren't quite synced up right, there could be some games where they get burned a little bit. Whereas it felt like Leonard was comfortable trying to make an imposing quarterback march down the field. He felt like very Chicago Bears cover two defense in some ways, where it was like, we're just going to make you have to work your way all the way down the field. And the problem was with a team like Ohio State. They did. They, they just like, okay, we're going to take it 15, 20 yards at a pop. We're just going to eat you alive. Let's, let's be honest, though. You know, Ohio State was going to gash us whether we were. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter what scheme we were running. We were playing man off. We were playing too deep. <laughs> like, we just don't have the – we haven't had the athletes to match up. Let's get to here and wrap up the show because we got a bunch of comments here. Badger Man says running back question mark. Chell says I second that running back. Um, Kathleen Burroughs says Dupree's off to Michigan in a few days for a visit. P says we'll get the running back. So, ton of running back questions. We talked about Dupree on this show. Quite <laughs> uh, we talked about how high we are on him, how we – at least up to this point, we felt pretty good about the Badger's chances – is this a two running back class? And I want to specifically ask you about Atuka, uh, who who's coming off the visit, a bigger running back, shorter. Do you how would you feel about him being the second running back in the class? Because I I kind of like it. I think he brings something different. He's more of a sh- power guy, but he can't be the the only running back in the class yeah. where he's the lead guy. I if I'm gonna rank my two top guys in this class, it's Dylan Jones and and Darian Dupree. And they're they're more similar. I think that Jones is probably a little bit bigger of the back and probably a little bit more of the power guy, but I, I really like him as a high level back. Um, listen, I watched the Tuka's film. There's some definite things to like about him. The thing I don't love about him is watching his film. When I see him get to the secondary, normally when you see in high school, a guy hit, hit that gash, that spot and hit the jets, you see him pull away. And I see him, either maintain the same lead or in some cases lose it a little bit. And in high school, that's a little bit concerning to me because if you can't outrun high school athletes, when you get to college guys are going to run you down quick. Mm-hmm. And he does have some good feet. He has pretty good vision from what I saw in his film. And he's a guy that I think will, will probably be 
you know, he's going to have some things you like about him in the college game. I think he's got to prove athletically that he can improve himself a little bit and to, to be a all-purpose kind of guy. I do think Dupree's number one with a bullet. I think he's the guy they want. I've, I've heard the only thing that I've heard about him is that if Michigan decides that they want to take him as their second back, which to be quite honest, he may not even end up making this trip to Michigan. People mm-hmm. need to stop freaking out about that. Michigan just had a couple of backs, I believe, in there this last weekend. And if one of them, they have one guy that's very high on their list that I believe if they end up taking him, closes the door. Dupree will will be at Wisconsin because we're, we, we are far and away his number one right now, other than Michigan. He wanted to be the guy. Yeah. So Dupree's special. Um, like he's, he's got special traits. I think we both agree on that. I don't even know who to compare him truly to in terms of a running back for Wisconsin. Like, would he be probably closest to Melvin Gordon athletically? No. Yeah, I don't see Gordon at all. Gordon, no. Gordon was so explosive, to 10 yards. And yeah. So, such I think Dupree's got more high, top end to him. I'm just talking about the elusiveness, and I'm trying to think of somebody because we Wisconsin really hasn't had elusive guys other than like we have to really go back. Dari, Dari was a crazy elusive in the open field. He didn't have the he didn't really have the burst though. Like ah, he's an NFL running back for like seven years. Like he he, he is knows he is, but if like from a product. Well, elusive, I mean, maybe and maybe we can write it chalk it up to him not having the the team around him to really showcase. But it, it always seemed like he was a guy who never seemed to quite make as much out of a play as you were hoping he would. Um, Chelsea is white, which is an obvious one. He is, but I think he's a little bit – he has a potential to be a little bit bigger, and I think they're just slightly different type backs. I think Dupree has a little bit more top end to him. Um, I, I Like, we go back and who – what was his name that? The one that you love so much that went to Colorado for a year and came back. Oh, Brian Calhoun. I love Calhoun. Calhoun. That He's a bigger version of Calhoun in some ways. Gosh, you're putting lofty names on this dude. Um, I am, dude. I, 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 I like Dupree. Well, okay. I, I really like him. The, the, if we're going to talk about the best probably match for him, it's probably Nate, a bigger version of Nate White. Like, they have very similar things that they do on a field. The vision is there. They're very elusive. They're guys that have some quickness. It's just that White has to put more mass on his frame that I think that there's a little more strength on Dupree's frame at this point. Yeah, Pista is uh, Fletch, which, listen, Fletch. He's a Fletcher is probably a good one, too. That's, that's actually a really good comp going way back into the yeah. 90s. Um, Fletcher, Terrell Fletcher. Yeah, I would have like I would have taken Archer. five more Fletchers since then. So yeah, that's I'm a great comp. I, w- I want to go back to, though, Atuka for a second, getting a getting Atuka because one of the things I talked about with the receiver room is I like how Phil Longo is adding pieces that have different skill sets, right? Like I think good coaches utilize different skill sets, and if Atuka, <laughs> one of the Phil Longo criticisms has always been red zone, right? And if this is just a guy, I forget the guy Michigan had like four years ago, but they just had like a two hundred fifty pound dude who you can stop near the goal line, and Atuka is not going to be that, but he could be our version of that. And I, I think if that's what he becomes, and he becomes a really good short yardage back that makes us better in the, the red zone, then to me, that's a worthwhile scholarship to me. I would not necessarily hate it, except for the fact that our cupboard is pretty bare after this year. And I think you need to get two guys that you can look at and say, if this guy needs to carry the load, I can trust that guy to carry the load. Now, if we were two years from now, where we've stocked the running back room, and you have two or three guys that you look at and be like, all right, these are guys that we feel like are pretty confident that if we had to thrust them out there and say, we need to give you 20 carries, I can rely on you. Then I'm cool with that. Then you can start to kind of round out that room and say, 
All right, now we can take some guys that are maybe more of a specialist type position here, but can be a, a really high level player at that. I just don't know if I love it the way we have it now. And some people really want to dive into the this idea. Yeah, you mean the guy who fumbled like crazy against yeah. us and we, cost we, them the we game? Us win a game. But, <laughs> but my point was, like, it was just a weapon that was really hard to stop when it was going. Yeah. When he wasn't coughing it up into our hands. Yeah, I think it was. It was Mason. But it was. You still have the portal to to add to the running back room too. The the portal scares me though because are you getting the guy like what the the level of quality that you'd want, or are you getting a guy that you can make work? I think with this staff, they're probably getting the guy the quality they want. That would be my depending on where you're picking from though. Based on where their their early returns in the portal are, um, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess you're not you're not going to typically get a a plus number one running back out of the out of there because they're probably starting for whoever else unless well, you're grabbing like, somebody from Bama or Clemson or you know Ohio State or Michigan where they're just like there's a guy who's going to be a top two round draft pick at running back ahead of me. Well, I was just going to say, listen, it's hard to get an A plus number one anything anywhere. Like those are hard to find. Well, you can get an an, an A one of your A's on the running back board. Is my point. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess I'm I'm fine with the Atuka edition. I think you probably bring something different. Um, we're gonna wrap it up there. Let me throw a couple more comments up here though, because I got again a bunch of people in here, which I really appreciate. Uh, let's see, one of these one I get to. Derek Ostrander said, "I wish Tackett Curtis would have been recruited under Fick. That breaks my heart. Uh, you know Curtis what? I want is yeah. a monster. What what Ryan and I will both say is, if Fick was here, Tackett Curtis wouldn't be here. Because the guy who was recruiting him was why he was why he was considering Wisconsin. Let me let me tell everybody on the show right now. I'll give you. I have some inside stuff with Curtis. I, I can't give you everything, but I can tell you this: when Tackett Curtis had to tell Bobby April, I know this for a fact, and this I've never put this out there. When he had to tell Bobby <coughs> April the decision to go to USC, Bobby April was the outside linebackers coach recruiting him. The whole Tackett Curtis family was in stun, like in silence for two or three days. And one of um, Tackett Curtis's nieces says, "Does this mean I won't get to see Coach April anymore?" Like Coach April recruited he that kid and that family better than anyone could have. And if I'm telling you right now, um, Bobby April was an incredible recruiter to that that kid and that family, mm-hmm. and it was very yeah. close. We very nearly had Tackett Curtis. There's a reason why Fick wanted to keep him on as a coach. Um, anyway, let's keep going here. Uh, a couple more comments. Actually, no, I think, well, we're at 40 minutes and I already apologize. I didn't get to every comment. I'll just do a wrap up show. I haven't done that in a while where I take a bunch of these comments. We wrap it up. We'll get Rasheed, Justin, maybe Dylan, and we'll just chop through a bunch of your comments. We'll do it live and it'll just be a free form show. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Justin, as always, thank you. And, um, let's wrap it up there. We'll talk tomorrow.